This is Movies, a podcast about the act of cinema. With me today is Hans, who is wearing a Chris Hemsworth t-shirt. You're going with the current yes. no, it's, Hollywood stars. It's a Cobra Kai. Let me tell you a story about Cobra Kai, that show. So I got this shirt before that show came out. Uh, and I was excited because I love corny 80s shit, right? So I sat down to watch it with my girlfriend, and she hated it. She was like, this is corny, this sucks, let's not watch it. So I was like, all right. A week later... She messages me and she's like, oh yeah, that Cobra Kai show, that show is great. I've seen all the seasons, like back to back. And I'm just like, bitch, what? So now I'm just not going to watch it just out of principle. Uh, but I still have like a, a shirt. What that. a well-timed shirt to get right when they announced Cobra. Yeah. I, I have not watched the Netflix Cobra Kai. I did watch a couple of episodes of the first season when it was on YouTube. I thought it was good. I thought it was a pretty yeah. amusing show. So I'm a big fan of the original movies, though. That's why I Hillary Swank like five years old or something. Yeah, yes. Hillary Swank was, was a best. hot piece of skinny ass and that fourth karate kid doing karate. They did, Man, they, arousing they stuff. Did the whole, they did the Home Alone thing where after the third one, they just got a random other kid and hoped that it would still hit. They were ahead of Home with, Alone, I believe, in, in doing that. Oh, were they? Yeah. Around, so Around that time. You know, that might be actually something we can talk about tonight because... Home Alone was not the first to do that. Home Alone was the first to do that and have it, I think, go directly to theaters because direct-to-video wasn't even a thing just yet. But I know that uh, the Poltergeist movies, for example, did that. And also... Beethoven. Well, yeah. Well, that was a little bit after. (laughs) They brought in Judge Reinhold because they couldn't get Charles Grodin anymore. And man, what a downgrade. Um, Yeah, yeah. There's Remember a, the show where Judge Reinhold was a judge? No, I haven't seen this before. That sounds like it's a quick cutaway thing on Family Guy. I don't think that's a real... That can't be a real... Th- I mean, it can be. There's there's pet judge Gary Busey on Amazon Prime. So, any look. Maybe it was a Tubi original and they just also put it on Amazon Prime. Maybe somebody just shot with Gary Busey for a weekend. And they just put it on everything afterward. Which, I mean, that sounds like the dream job, right? Just I guess so. Him for a week, just let him let him go wild. I don't think that's as fun for the people who have to micromanage the production. <laughs> I think that's fine with Gary Busey because he's probably getting paid $2,000 to show up. Wait, so you're not ready to announce that Gary Busey is a special guest in Mass State Lottery? Special guest, yeah. We 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 don't often uh, throw out the special guest star credit on films, special <laughs> but in this instance, no. Gary Busey's Gary Busey's a problem for everybody. I've brought. I feel like I've brought this up before, but his run on Celebrity Big Brother, where he was unescorted for thirty days, wow. and everyone was just sick of him after the third day. He got such a warm welcome because they were uh, like Academy Award nominee Gary Busey. And this 73-year-old man with brain damage walks into the house. And he, he he's not in a position where he can socialize without a handler. And they just had him go for 30 days. And he wound up winning the show because everybody fucking did hated he his win? guts. He won. He did <laughs> That's win. That's great. Wait, wasn't The, the Apprentice, right? He, he, was on the Appre- Apprentice, he was on The Apprentice as well for two seasons. And I remember... On his first go around, he only made like eighth place, and there were maybe fourteen contestants. So he did okay. Then they bring him back for All Stars, and Trump is like, "All right, I know what to expect with Gary." And people, of course, can't stand Gary Busey. Nobody wants Gary Busey on their team. But Trump would go, 
if they, if Gary got sent to the boardroom, which is like the the nomination thing where it's one 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 leader who failed, and then the two people that leader says these are the two weak links on the team. Let's all go to the boardroom, and I'll present my case as to why one of these two should be fired to Trump. And then Trump will go, all right, well maybe you deserve to be fired because you failed as leader. So anybody can wind up going through that. Um, whenever they would try to throw Gary Busey under the bus, Trump would just come back with something like, yeah, but wouldn't you say Gary's a genius? Don't you think Gary's brilliant in his own way? And then he would look to George, who's like the old guy, or Ivana, and just be like, Gary's a talented, Gary's a creative genius. And then the I mean, team leader's just going to eat shit and be like, yeah, I guess you're right, Mr. Trump. That's, uh, that's yeah, Gary's a unique individual. Well, if there's something that Trump knows, his ratings, right? So he knows what he's doing by keeping this train wreck on screen. Of course. So Gary Busey lasted much longer on All-Stars than he did the first time around. He made it to the final five or so. And that was terrific. I remember Meatloaf freaking out and literally trying to kill Gary Busey for an episode. Meatloaf just seems like the opposite of Gary Busey, which is he, he has success in, what, 80s, right? And then... yeah. Now he's just still trying to live off his bad out of hell success, but he's fat and an old guy now. I don't know if he's still doing that, that embarrassing play that he was doing. I don't know if you were aware of that. No. He, uh, what was that? He would play him. He would play himself. Uh, and in the, what is it? I, I would do anything for love song. He would sing it to like a 22 year old woman. Uh, and it was really just very embarrassing. and Very old man. He trying to keep his, you know, whatever little bit of clout he still had. What is he uh, known for being... beyond that? I know he was in the Rocky Horror Picture Show, but he also had Bad Out of Hell. Was he really that popular of a musician where he's got that sort of clout that can keep him financially? I mean, maybe not because he did do Celebrity Apprentice, but I, I don't know. He just doesn't seem like he's got the name recognition. I don't know if there's anything to that, though. I don't know. You know, I grew up in a third world country, so we would always get those uh, kind of celebrities that were not really celebrities from the States and those were actually something that I, I, I noticed or I realized like 10 years ago was that um, a lot of our stars, a lot of Latin, our Latin American stars, what they would do would just translate English songs into Spanish. And be, before the Internet, uh, you didn't really have a way of knowing that they were just getting famous by singing versions of their, those famous songs in Spanish. Uh, and a lot of them got by by just doing exactly that. So they're famous for for singing songs that if you dig a little deeper now that you have the Internet, it's just a, a translation of a famous song in English. And uh, it's, it's, it's really shady, but you could get away with it in the 70s and 80s, 90s even before the Internet was a thing. Isn't that basically just that Danny Boyle movie where everybody forgets the Beatles and the Indian guy is like, yep, I wrote all these songs. These, this is me. I couldn't even tell you the title of that. I think it's just I refuse. I refuse to watch that. Is, thank you. Come again. The movie. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That idea sounded horrendous. I, I remember seeing the trailer and all of my British uh, film school friends were like, well, this is Danny Boyle, who they love because they're British. Uh, and, you know, it's Indian representation, so it's brave or whatever. That was like, this sounds fucking terrible. No. But do you not like Danny Boyle? I I, I, I like some of his movies, uh, but he's revered as a, a, a genius in, in, in Britain. Uh, I don't know if he's that for me. I don't know. I like Trainspotting, I guess. and uh, And I can't think of any other movie that he made. 
He's he's the top tier. Later, was that him? I, what was it? I was it twenty eight days later. Did he yeah, do yeah, yeah. That was kind of okay. his big comeback because he had done the beach, which was a flop, and he had done a lifeless ordinary with Ewan McGregor prior to that, and that was also a flop. So he reinvented himself with twenty eight days later, and that was a big hit. I remember them toting that is the scariest movie since The Exorcist when that came to America, and it is <laughs> not that. <laughs> It's a it's a good no. movie. It's not it's hardly even a horror movie though. I'll I'll tell yeah. you what, I do especially nowadays, I really enjoy the look of the movie and how like shitty lo-fi, grainy digital camera e it is. Uh since that is what they used. I think they just used a bunch of like cheap Sony fifty dollar handicams to film that thing. Also the fact that they were able to just get London to stop for a couple of days so they could shoot an empty city is pretty impressive. Uh, that place is always busy and full of thousands and thousands of people. So that that's pretty cool that they were able to do that. But looking at his IMDb, uh, after that, you got Sunshine, which is good. I I, I enjoyed Sunshine, even though it's uh, what is it a Solaris ripoff? It's kind of it's uh, it's a little like uh, if you sent the crew members of Prometheus to the sun. That's what it felt like to me, anyway. Then you got Slumdog Millionaire, which I still haven't seen. It's uh, good. Just because of all the, all it, the it, Oscar praise. Right. Usually... It, it's certainly Oscar bait, definitely. And, I mean, it, it is what it is. But I actually think it is a, a pretty solid film. I rewatched it recently. I think when I was on vacation in Florida, it came on the TV. Uh, when I was at a hotel somewhere. And I, I watched it all the way through. And I do think it holds up. It was a solid movie back then. It's still a solid movie now. Uh, one movie of his that really is not good is a film called Trance with Vincent Castle and James McAvoy. That movie's all over the place, really poorly done. Um, but he does fall into a, a category of being like an Oscar bait director these days because of Slumdog Millionaire and also because of 127 Hours. I was about to say that one, yeah. That's very much... Uh, well, it's, it's probably the last uh, James Franco movie that I've, I enjoyed. Uh, but it, it is very Oscar Beatty, uh, mostly because of all the flashbacks of like, how much he was enjoying his life while his arm is stuck in the rock. I don't know if you remember, but he's I just do like, remember that. Just thinking back on good times, and then you go back and he's just got his arm stuck on the on that rock. Uh, and then after that, he did uh, Train Spotting Two, which I haven't seen. It's uh, good. Steve Jobs. Oh, uh, Steve Jobs is another piece of Oscar bait, but that one is very slept on. That is a a very good film, and the Aaron Sorkin dialogue doesn't t- like tamper with it. I think too much. Seth Rogen's so the Fassbender. Even, yeah, the Michael Fassbender, Fassbender plays Steve Jobs, but he's just being Michael Fassbender. He's not really Steve Jobsy yeah. in that. And Seth Rogen's good as well. Train Spotting Two is a very solid film, and it's a good sequel, especially. I think it helps that they focus more on Sick Boy than they do on Renton in that one, right. um, and kind of reverse their their roles a bit. But unfortunately, uh, Irvine Welsh is uh, suffering the same problem that Stephen King is suffering from. You know that cognitive issue that just seemed to you know come upon a lot of well-recognized writers in 2016. So there's there's little shades of that that pop up in Train Spotting too. Nothing too, too egregious that takes you out of the movie. It makes you go, come on. I think uh, Ewan McGregor says slut-shaming or something. It's like, yeah, that's very 2016. Which is lack of drugs. Is that what you're talking about? Mm. Yeah, well, they get back into heroin briefly, but they're able to quit it like it's just nothing. You know, like they weren't no, no, addicts I, for 20 I, I mean... I, 
I mean, the writer. Oh yeah, you know, how Ste- yeah. I don't Stephen even. King, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's just like I'm a I'm a constant supporter of him doing drugs again, just because he's become such a boring old man. Uh, but uh, Danny Boyle, after that, yesterday is the movie. That's what that Indian yesterday, man the yeah, Beatles. yeah, yeah. And then after that, he's done nothing. He did a, a mini series about some band, and that's it. That's right. Yeah, he did an FX show. Well, hold on a second. He was already in production, I believe, on this new Bond film. And he they didn't give him enough creative freedom, so he wound up parting ways with it, literally, maybe as they were rolling. So they swapped him out for uh, Carrie Fukunaga, who did True Detective Season 1, mm-hmm. Beasts of No Nation. So that that's why he hasn't been heard or, or seen in quite some time. Hopefully he just goes back to the UK and shoots like a good small indie picture soon. Last I heard, I think he was going to at least produce a third 28 Days Later movie. They were going to try and bring that back. Oh, wow. Uh, I don't know if... I mean, after Black Summer, that that uh, <laughs> that uh, Netflix uh, hit, that uh, the second season is coming out very soon, just for everyone that's excited about zombie content. <laughs> What's terrible is there are people excited for that. There, are, I've seen, I've seen praise for that show all over Twitter. I've seen nothing but positive reviews and, and positive comments about it. And it, it's one of those things where same with same as with uh, Malignant uh, and mm. Doctor Sleep, where mm. I watch it and I'm like, all right, so this is just a piece of shit. And then I, I look at the comments and reviews and everyone's praising it for things that I don't see in it. Uh, Black Summer was one that I was baffled uh, with because I watched the whole thing with my girlfriend here. She loves zombie shit. So she was in for some of it, but some of it is so fucking dumb and badly done that it, even her was kind of like, yeah, that's that's kind of shitty. And then I go to Boston and I watch, what, like three episodes with you guys. And it's just so funny because of how bad of how badly done it is but there's a second season coming and it's like well zombies are still alive because of black summer and it's just one of those things that i just don't understand the praise and don't understand the 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 positive feelings uh, around it i think zombies are just so easily digestible it's kind of like the new reality television you can just throw it on the tv and people are fine with it people are happy with it it's the reason why that train to busan movie was popular in spite of it being korean and even the Peninsula awful sequel that, that they had come out, fucking, almost unwatchable. Ugh. Their their Gran Turismo cars in that fucking all fake CG cars. <laughs> Whose bright idea was that? Christ, uh, it, it's so tapped out. I don't think there's anything interesting to do with the zombie genre right now. I guess it makes sense financially why they would bring it back. I mean, did we? Did anybody expect it? I mean, it's not just Americans. This is definitely a global thing, but. Like the two pillars of entertainment are superhero films and zombie movies. It's just like 13 year old boys from 22 years ago somehow dictated the market into this permanent state, and now it appeals to everybody. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i completely tapped out when it comes to both. Uh, I would say zombies maybe a little bit less than superheroes just because. I feel like that that genre kind of died out in around 2016, 2015-ish, or at least uh, there's not as much stuff out uh, with zombies in it as it that it was uh, in those years. But superheroes, I just I couldn't care 
about anything that's coming out. I saw the trailer for Hawkeye this year. I don't know if you saw that. Oh no, I didn't. Uh, Hawkeye, Hawkeye is like my favorite comic book character. That's that was the comics that I used to collect when I was a kid were Hawkeye comics for whatever reason. Because I'm fucking weird. It was that and like Namor the Submariner because I, I I still don't know why, but those were those two were like my favorite comic book characters. And um, I just like Jeremy Renner is such a boring, <laughs> boring actor to have on screen that I'm not excited about it at all. And it feels very um. Home Alone 2-ish, just to bring it back to Home Alone, because uh, Hawkeye it's set on like, Home Alone 2-ish? It's, it's set on Christmas in New York, like the trailer that they, they show, and it's a lot of like Christmas music, and it's very Christmassy. But uh, I'm so tapped out with superheroes that I just, I couldn't give a fuck, even though it's a character that I really enjoyed when I was a kid, and I've been waiting for them to do something with it, because he was pretty much a a side character slash useless character on those Avenger movies that now at this point of the, the MCU line, I really could not care at all about it. They did the same with Iron. Like when Iron Fist came out, Iron Fist was another one of my favorites when I was a kid. I, whatever they did on the Netflix series, I watched two episodes of it. And I was like, okay, this is not for me. Like, I feel like that has already passed me by. And that was what, 2016, something like that, right? Something like that, yeah. And those Defender series came out. Yeah. So even though, yeah, that's, that's pretty much what's dictating, I guess, the new blockbusters or whatever. I'm so tapped out with those two things that, I don't know, things are just not made for me, I guess, anymore. So I have to do search for older movies or like independent weird shit that i enjoy uh, which is very hard to come by now you know you call jeremy renner a boring actor it wasn't always that way i do remember once upon a time jeremy renner played i think jeffrey dahmer in a movie yeah and he was very good and he was very good in the hurt locker as well and i remember he seemed to have a like a a, a pretty singular personality as far as Hollywood actors went and he's kind of an asshole I remember he was gloating yeah. saying he was going to win the Academy Award for, and he didn't win the Academy Award for Best Actor mm-hmm. uh, for The Hurt Locker he was kind of an interesting guy and he got comfortable with Marvel and now he got he got marveled for, yeah, he yeah. got marveled that's that's going to be the new term he got <laughs> Disneyfied uh, but yep. he got Me too last year and they swept that under oh. the rug like he was hooking up with a seventeen-year-old babysitter or something. He was doing coke around his kids and hanging out with his teenage girlfriends. So that was the kind of guy that Jeremy Renner became once he got that Disney money. So it's Tom Hardy before success. Exactly, <laughs> That's Jeremy Renner. Yeah, it's yeah. funny who gets authentically me too and who doesn't between uh, Jeremy yeah. Renner and Ezra Miller. Whenever it's inconvenient to these big movies, mm-hmm. they just ignore it. Army Hammer's in a movie coming out next year that's a sequel to Murder on the Orient Express. So he'll be back, and it'll be like nothing happened. Uh, what were you going to say, though? I think we're just done with that cancellation shit. Like, it doesn't really matter anymore. I think they, they stopped paying attention to Twitter as much as they did before uh, because it just feels like it doesn't stick anymore. Louis is back. Uh, Aziz is back, I think. So no, we'll, neither one we'll, of them. Well, we'll, hold on a second. Aziz is kind of in I the mean, same place as, uh, as Jeremy Renner and Ezra Miller, where he's got these deals going with Netflix. But I, and this is what I really have a distaste for, is the guy who gets canceled and goes, yep, actually, everything you said is right, and I've learned, and you know what? There are bad guys, and if I got uh, taken down, well, that's just part of the system. So I'm going to, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to claim all the money for Master None Season 3, and I'm just not going to act in it. I'll direct it. It'll say Aziz Ansari presents, 
and uh, it'll be the black woman lesbian. It'll be another star. POC, right? Right. I'll just right. have a. I just elevate a POC voice instead. Uh, I'm just saying, Louis is back because he's selling Madison Square Garden again. So maybe he's not on TV. Maybe he's not being signed to be on the next HBO show or whatever. But he's back in the sense of like he's doing stand up again in like a big scale, not just shitty clubs in New York. Uh, because people like when it comes to talent, uh, same with people like Vincent Gallo, right? He hasn't been on anything interesting for a while, but he's someone that that I think uh, if he was in an interesting project, people would just watch him because he's interesting. And, and uh, going back to something that we talked about uh, all the time, which is like the flawed hero or like the flawed character that is way more interesting than a Timothy Chalamet type of person who is supposed to, I'm, I'm, I'm sure something's going to come out weird about that kid very soon, just because the fact that he's, he looks 15 still like and and he's like this big success that everyone uses as like a cover uh person i'm sure something weird is going to come out sooner or later maybe when he's when he loses his hairline a little bit or when he stops being as as liked as he is because that happened with ezra miller right where where he was uh incredibly popular and he was this fashion icon or whatever and then that video of him slamming that girl in finland came out uh so something will come out from him but I feel like, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if the, the cancellations uh, work as, as hard as they did maybe a couple of years ago. I, maybe people are just, foc- I'm hoping that are focusing more on, you know, uh, these people actually suck. Like having a Ruby Rose star on every hard woman movie where she's a terrible actress. It's, it's probably not the best for movies, you know, just because right. she's a, a lesbian icon or whatever the fuck. So, uh, so. Uh, and to what you're saying, I think you're maybe right to a degree. Here's what I think happened, because I don't think we're out of the phase just yet where the corporations are like, well, we don't care who's canceled and who's not. Can-. That's not the case at all. But what I think is the case is that there is much less of a stigma now to doing your own thing. And that's what Louis has been doing. That's what people like Joe Rogan have been doing. And it doesn't matter as much if Newsweek or whoever runs a, a piece about you to take you down there's not going to be a collective awe anymore to that. So the cancellations are still happening. The effect of them on the person, I think, is changing depending on where they are on the the on the map of what the entertainment climate is right now. If you're Virgil Texas, I don't think he reappeared <laughs> on that podcast uh, since you know the grooming allegations came out. I think you made your bet. And you're going to have to stay there for a little bit. And good luck climbing out of there. Maybe you can. You pro- he probably could very easily he's because gonna, uh, I think a lot of these people would just ignore it. I don't think it would matter gonna, one bit. He's going to sit for a year or two and then he'll be back with a new show. Just pretending like nothing happened. Just like, uh, uh, what's his name? The comedian. Uh, uh, fuck. The comedian that, that, uh, that uh, Luis A. Gomez. What's his fucking name? Kurt Metzger. No, no, no. That Doug Stanhope uh, helped come back or whatever. He sucks. Mark Random. Fuck, I can't think of it. There. He had a <laughs> Dalton. He Pruitt. had a radio show. He had a radio show with his wife, and then he got canceled out of that show. Adam Carolla. Do you remember? Ooh. No, I don't no, know. No, wife. Fuck, it's a radio so, show with a wife. Very, that sounds terrible. Very, it's a very soft uh, comedian from from California that uh, was all like feminist, and then Jamie Kilstein. He was like a him. Yeah. 
So, so I, I, I'm not going to say that he's the the face of success because I have no fucking idea what he's doing now. Exactly. But he had that thing of like he uh, he was like a feminist and he was very popular when that happened. And then when the truth came out, he got canceled or whatever. But then he was once again approved by that side that's like um, troublesome or like that the 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 side that you're not supposed to go with, which is the the real or like the you know we're comedians we're doing this for my favorite thing about jamie kilstein is his profile picture where his arms are covered in tattoos and he's like this and he's just got little fucking pencil arms little noodle arms covered in tats he's 90 90 pounds yeah he's got joe (laughs) rose's body awful yeah fuck that he's very very soft with titties uh yeah yeah no absolutely fuck him um but i i just i just i don't know i feel like now uh which is how it should be. If you have an audience, if you're able to build an audience and they enjoy you for the work you do, whatever you do in your personal life, I don't think it should matter. Uh, I, don't, I don't think these cancellations of like, uh, oof, I was about to say James Franco. I don't know if I should say James Franco, but uh, people like James Franco that do weird shit in their personal life, but their work is still enjoyed by the masses. I don't uh, think he did anything wrong. What what was he? What, all he had was a master plan, James Franco. There's yeah. nothing wrong with having a master plan. I mean, look, what was that? Wasn't didn't Freud say? Oh, sex is everything. Sex. Everybody does everything yeah. for sex. Well, James. All James Franco said was, "I'm going to build an acting school, and I'm just going to have a bunch of female students, and I'm going to teach them how to <laughs> act, and I'm going to big shot the male students so they jump out of the class, and it's just going to be me and all the girls, and then." After you know, after school's out, after that recess bell has rung, I'm gonna eat him out, and that's yeah. what he did, and that's what he got in trouble for. It's freaks and geeks, but he's freaks is his dick and geeks is his balls, <laughs> and they're going in you. 